The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 42. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Pete, you say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous, but this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to remind everyone that you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or TuneIn or Google Podcasts or any of the podcast uh, feeds that you use, and you can leave us a five-star review and um, you know, give us a review, give us a thumbs up. It helps to spread the show to other people and it always gives us a big help. But, but only think only if you think we're worth five stars, we're not <laughs> asking you to compromise your integrity, uh, on our behalf. Yes, yes we are. Yeah. Yes, well, we are. Yeah. And we're worth five stars. So. <laughs> yes. If you think we're worth five stars, go and rate us. If you don't think we're worth five stars, you don't need to go and rate us. It's, it's, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the YouTube uh, people who say, if you like my content, hit the thumbs up. If you don't like my contact, double tap the thumbs up. Yeah. Which turns it off. Yeah. <laughs> well, they removed the dislike, so I mean, we don't even know anymore. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, today we're discussing the 22nd and final episode of season two, Out of Mind. O'Neill awakens in a cryopod in the year 2077. He is informed that the rest of SG-1 is dead and that Earth is at war with the Gould. Meanwhile, Sam and Daniel are both awakened separately and told the same thing. Teal'c awakens in the real SGC and that he has been unconscious for three weeks and the rest of SG-1 is missing. Jack, Daniel, and Sam are all forced to recall memories to pad the runtime, I mean uncover the truth. Jack discovers that this is all a ruse by the Gwold to infiltrate the SGC, and Hathor reveals herself to be behind the plot. We leave off on a cliffhanger until season three. I, I guess the weirdest thing about this episode is, uh, like you said, Lisa, it's a clip show, but it's not really a clip show. It's like 50% clip, and then not even 50, really. I think no. it's like 25% clips, and then 75% new plot. Where they built new sets, they cast new actors, and they brought back previous characters, as we'll see in the end. Um, but they still decided to stick in some random clips, I guess, just to pad out the time. And I feel like, especially the clips they used um, aboard the Apophis's ship, like mm -hmm. the battle scenes, I feel like they wanted to save money on special effects and action scenes and just reuse those clips. That's yeah. really what it felt like to me. Well, and this was the closer for season two. This was the final episode for season two. And it was to be a, or it is a, to be continued into the first episode of season three. And so it really feels like they took uh, a clip show and a season closer and combined them. And I almost, just, just kind of off the top of my head, my, my wondering is, they only had an episode and a half of a two-part episode written. So, hey, let's throw some clips in and call it good. That sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, that's really what it felt like. Um, 
and just the, I don't know. It's clip shows are never really fun, but they're usually skippable. But the problem with this one is that it gives you enough plot mm-hmm. that it's not really mm-hmm. skippable. So it was interesting that they decided to go that route. And I feel like this was kind of around the time that shows were not doing clip shows anymore. Yeah. So you kind of get a half and half. Yeah. And it's kind of inexcusable too, because they have this two parter and they have a cliffhanger, but if they had extended this episode 10 minutes into the next episode, we kind of have like another natural cliffhanger part. Um, and, I, and I won't say what it is because I don't want to spoil the next episode, but you know, they could have reduced or gotten rid of the clips, run this episode 10 minutes into the next episode, basically. And then mm-hmm. some of the action scenes where they're, you know, running around and, and doing stuff, they could have, you know, fleshed those out a little bit more because there's some interesting stuff in the, in the next episode. It's not all action. So it's kind of inexcusable. I think it was maybe halfway through the clips when I realized that maybe there was a point to them, but we can get into that. Uh, <laughs> I think I know what they were going for with them. And I think that there there is a point. But on the other hand, it's pretty inexcusable when your characters like Sam are flashing back to and reliving events that they weren't even there for, like Apophis yeah. and Chlorel being on their own ship when SG-1 has already <laughs> departed, which is so, you know, pretty awesome that she, you know, remembers something she didn't see we can just headcanon that that and say that because she had the uh symbiont in her that's go. where she got those memories yep. from oh yeah yeah, yeah. the nequita in her, in her blood of course the, yeah. the toker toker gift yeah. you know yeah yeah keeps on giving <laughs> I, I figure if they're gonna do a clip show they might as well make it more interesting than last seasons and they did succeed mm. in that because um like you said you can't just fast forward to the whole thing because they are giving you a little bit of mystery a little bit of sense of something else is going on. So I'm appreciative that it wasn't just them sitting around a conference table. Seven billion dollars. Seven billion (laughs) dollars. So we we get the return of a a beloved character. And, uh, you know, there's there's a little bit of running around what's going on. I love this. I love that, you know, you've got the SGC with the door opens and it's a gold thing. And so they, they tried to make it interesting, and I appreciate that. If they have to do a clip show, I'm appreciative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just uh, I, I'm I'm going to assume that they filmed this concurrently with filming the next episode, just to package it all together, mm-hmm. and they just chopped it up this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like uh, I do like how we get to see the Knox again though in the clips, and just. It kind of drives home how awkward that episode was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really was. And uh, my theory about the clips is that once it becomes apparent that, like, it's, you know, they're they're being held captive by somebody, probably a Gould, um, you know, who's trying to get information out of them. Then they they lapse through um, Carter's flashbacks into, like, the different Gould and Daniels, the different Gould that they've encountered. And I think that for the audience, that's supposed to... Um, you know, a bring and bring us up to speed on who the actual Gould is, but also to kind of misdirect the audience to think, oh, it could be you know any of these other mm-hmm. characters um, that's doing this because you know they they would have the motive and the the technology to do this. So, um, mm-hmm. I think there is some justification for you know the the second set of or third or whatever it is uh, flashbacks, <laughs> even if you know they're impossible. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I I guess it uh this is also kind of at the tail end of the era of TV where 
people could not just go on the internet and just like look up every single thing about mm-hmm. it and streaming was not a thing yet. And so that's kind of why they would have clip shows is to catch people up on what had been going on because right. people could not just go and just go to the wiki and look up and see exactly what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the plot and all that. Right. So I guess they're kind of trying to tie that in, give you a, give you a summary before the mm-hmm. next season kicks off. I don't even and think I mean, we had DVRs yet. I think you had to record no. on your VHS yep. tape. So yep. if you didn't set the timer just right on your VHS tape <laughs> to record it, you might have missed the episode. Exactly. Yeah, because if uh, they were showing a hockey game on so- or something on Channel 50 at Saturday <laughs> at 2 a.m., you know, instead of Stargate, you would miss if you didn't catch it the first time, you would miss it when it was in syndication. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, I, I will say that from a plot standpoint, knowing who the ultimate bad person is, um, it does kind of kind of like that the, this this gold is trying to get intel. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, through kind of tricky ways, but still it. Yeah. There have been ways they could have done that better, too. Yeah. they And they gave Jack a, a what was they, a Ramonic infusion. And I was wondering, was that like an infusion of ramen? Mm. I don't Yum. know. Oh. I mean, yeah, it seemed like weird that they were getting this Ramonic infusion. But get him through his fine. Yeah. MS, MSG is supposed to affect the brain. And maybe that's what they were doing there. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was funny that. Uh, Daniel Jackson really has no story in this episode at all or anything to do really. Like he wakes up and says, <laughs> what year is it? And that's kind of all mm-hmm. he does. He did get yeah. a haircut. Yeah. That's true. He woke he up with yeah. a haircut. Yep. So, you know, it, I did like the cryo beds though. It was like this, this weird, like Mylar bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. And when Sam's oh, yeah. in, when Sam's in hers, it reminded me kind of like a hot pocket when you put it in the <laughs> sleeve to heat it up in the microwave. <laughs> hot pocket. I, I was thinking of a, the gray version of the old Star Trek blankets. Oh, yeah. Because I thought it looked like. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> funny. They're always cold in the center. And yep. it looked like chain mail or something. Very uncomfortable. Like a pointy pillow under their neck yeah. or under their head. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. No one Typical science that. fiction. The, the beds have always got to look absolutely uncomfortable. Yeah. Because then you know it's futuristic. Yep. And can we touch on the fact that they're all naked? Yep. Like, yeah. Why? <laughs> and they give Jack clothing right away, but Sam what? like never gets clothing. She's like again, leftover from ninety sci fi, right? You gotta have yeah. her a yeah. little uncovered. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get the you get the uh Jack peeking, you know, moment, you know, where she sits up and he's all like, Oh come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Well then he says trade clothes and it's like I'm they're naked. Yeah. They're not. So it's like, make them naked. They're like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No clothes to trade. Not going to be trading. <laughs> I think he was talking about the dude that he knocked out. Yeah. Right. But she didn't yeah. have any clothes. So. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's the point. The he had clothes. Them. She didn't. Yeah. yeah. Not a trade. <laughs> they just nope. put him inside the hot pocket sleeve. Take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. it's. It's nice to see the plot advanced. It's also interesting that they decided to put a seeming time travel episode right after a time travel episode because 1969 was last Mm -hmm. week. So I Mm -hmm. thought that was interesting that they decided to go for that. And it's not even like you get any sort of sequitur into this episode. You just get Jack waking up. Right. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting just from a writing perspective. Yeah, I'm always curious if the episodes air in the order of which 
they were conceived or, Mm -hmm. and I don't know much about how TV production works or serial production. So, you know, when they're, when they're spending these episodes and coming up with them, do they, they kind of, do they get produced in the same order in which they were conceived or do they sometimes get moved around based on shooting schedules or availabilities or other things? So it's just just curious to me because I hadn't really thought about it being too time travel episodes back to back, but yeah, well, I know they, that there are times where um, even episodes as they've produced them aren't aired in the same order. And we even saw that with this season where there was one set, one set of channels aired a couple episodes, one way, one set of channels aired mm-hmm. a couple episodes, those same episodes reversed. So that mm-hmm. threw off timing, you know, they weren't, Matter time was one of them, so they were there. It was it wasn't affecting anything storyline wise. Just um, it just affected when the episodes aired. But you hear stories of uh, like Firefly, where Fox just completely oh, scrambled yeah. the schedule. I mean, yeah. they slaughtered the schedule. Uh, you hear stories of, of series where, yeah, they do produce shows out of order because of shooting schedule, because of crew availability, and so on. And I, I can see when they sit down and say, okay, we got 22 episodes to fill this season. These episodes go here, 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 and here. What do we put in between? We can put this one here. We can put this one here. Well, then we need to switch, you know. So I'm sure they're arguing about which episodes get filmed and aired when. Right. And I think with TV nowadays, shows are conceived largely as a continuous story. And so it's much more linear in how they're going to be produced and aired. But this is kind of back when they would kind of make them in any order. They could be interchanged and then they mm-hmm. were aired based on what the network wanted to do. Like, I you know the original Star Trek series, the production order and the airing order are all out of whack. And you can see that with the continuity of some yep. of the storylines they yeah. go into. Sliders too was notorious mm-hmm. for that. But yeah, it's uh, it's fun to see. Obviously, at the end, the big reveal is that uh, Hathor is the one who is pulling the strings behind everything. <laughs> she's back. Um, and I was I was happy to yeah. see that. I'm glad that she's back. Yep. <laughs> Maybe it's just because Meatloaf died recently, but I was getting like strong Rocky Horror Picture Show vibes from this. You know, Jack comes out of cryogenic. You know, the, the uniforms are all like the Transylvanian like sci-fi uniforms. We have Hathor who looks kind of like you know Columbia and that. So I don't know. Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> Or I should say, rest in power, meatloaf. You will be missed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to see her character back. She's a lot of fun. Um, and I assume that's going to carry over. And I know we'll see her several more times. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen. A nice twist that her pheromones don't work again. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Right. On, on them, but then later on, it there's no excuse for them not working on other people. But... We didn't, I should also mention that like my very favorite character briefly makes an appearance in one of the flashbacks to the Gould transport vessels. When all the little guys are going up in their death gliders, we get the raise the roof oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, raise yeah. the roof. Woot woot. Yeah. <laughs> we did not get a team Jacob though. So no, we, we didn't. Did not. <laughs> but we'll continue to champion his cause. Yep. Yeah. Um, I guess that's that's the worst thing about this episode is it's kind of light on plot. It you get a setup that Hathor has taken uh, Jack and Sam and uh, Daniel and then Teal'c. We didn't even talk about Teal'c. No, he he wakes up in the uh, 
in the SGC with uh, General Hammond, um, and he know, he's been to the planet where they are. He says they're all gone, and he needs to, he wants to go back and get them, and Hammond will not authorize that, so he mm-hmm. decides to leave the SGC and return mm-hmm. to his home planet, presumably so he can go and rescue them. Well, one thing uh, Tilk mentions is that he saw a mixture of the Horus and the Serpent Guards, which right. never happens. And so that was kind of a, okay, there's something different going on here. This isn't one of the normal gold uh, gods that we've seen. This is, there's something else. And of course, that was pointing, of course, to Hath or uh, bringing all these guards in, all these Jaffa together. Right. She's, uh, she's convinced people to defect to her cause. One thing I didn't get is so Teal'c's been like knocked out for three weeks, and I'm wondering like what could knock, like what could the Gould have given him that would have knocked him out like for three weeks? And I know they probably did that just to make the chronology, although it really doesn't. It's not even that. You know, there's no they don't say when they're you know in the lab that it's like you know we've been here for three weeks or anything. So I don't know why they were very specific on how long Teal'c had been knocked out. It seemed unnecessary yeah. and kind of confusing. I think it was just to convey how badly he'd been wounded. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounded like the, the way uh, General Hammond made it sound was like that, you know, Dr. Frazier was doing massive, you know, in, invasive surgery and all this kind of stuff to to heal him, you know, that it was it was a huge deal. Missed opportunity to give him like robot parts then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in terms of the direction. That's in Boba Fett. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> This was uh, written by Brad Wright and directed by Martin Wood, who, who directed a lot of Stargate. And there's, you know, one good thing and one one bad thing. The bad thing is he um, when Jack knocks out the, uh, you know, the the scientist guard with the thermos bottle or whatever that thing is like they he breaks the 180 rule where like, you know, you're not supposed to jump over the line if you have action where, you know, characters are on, you know, one each on their own side of the screen. And then you flip to like the reverse perspective and they've like swapped spaces you know, physically on your screen and stuff. So that was a little confusing, but, but then when he opens up the, uh, the door and sees the gold hallway, they do a nice, uh, vertigo focus, you know, pullback mm-hmm. effect. That's, that's kind of cool. Zoom, yeah. yeah. That's kind of yeah. cool. I remember, uh, this is, uh, an aside to that, but, uh, my brothers who like to make like home movies and stuff, they figured out how to do a dolly zoom. And so they made this one video that had like 10 of them in it. Nice. Mm. It just Star made wipe. me think of that. It's like, yeah. <laughs> once you figure out that once you figure yeah. out how to do it, the camera effect, you just use it over and over again. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so going going yeah, back to a... Tilk in the uh in a sick bay, uh um where they played it so that it almost there's that question of is this actually SGC or is this another trick? Yep. Because yeah. General Hammond was being very we can't let you do that, you can't go, we gotta do everything to stop you. Right. And so I was like, is this really General Hammond or is this another trick? And of course, it turns out that, yes, it is General Hammond. And it was General Hammond trying to keep Tilk from going and getting himself killed, basically. Mm-hmm. I do feel like it would have been cool if they'd kind of layered the deception a bit more. Mm-hmm. You don't really get any of that. It's kind of once Jack figures out what's going on, that's what is going on. But I don't know. I always like when they kind of do the different layers of reality kind of thing this SG1 really wasn't is, the yeah. gold really wasn't yeah. the gold is that really the furling oh that's yeah true. yeah that's that's the uncuts that's the scenes that got cut out yeah no. yeah sg1 isn't really that nuanced a, a show no yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. But yeah, it did, uh it sets up a lot of fun stuff for the uh mm-hmm. the next season. I'm excited to see mm-hmm. where it goes and I'm excited that they're incorporating old characters again, like especially yeah. Hathor, it's fun to fun to see her on. Oh, screen. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Lock yeah. her lock her up for what she was doing to that GDO though. But um yeah. the CGI Gould was uh <laughs> was uh was was kind of interesting too because up until this point we've seen like the uh the little puppet goulds which are really mm-hmm. gross and stuff and so the mm-hmm. cgi gold just kind of i don't know I, I would have preferred like a practical effect gold but it wouldn't have been maybe as as um you know effective yeah exactly yeah. but yeah i think that you know they shouldn't have ended it there they should have ended it you know when a character becomes engouldened, I think that would have been a much better place to break it off as a cliffhanger, kind of like a best of mm. both worlds thing where like Picard turns yeah. around and he's a ghouled or something. And, and yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah and, and then, and then you have to wait three months. And whenever we watch these, I'm, I'm always I'm telling our kids, they're like, let's watch the next one. It's like, no, no, no. You have to wait three and a half months to see the next one. Just like I did. But, and they uh, groan and roll their <laughs> eyes. And they're like, well, I guess I'll rewatch the entire season over the next three and a half months. Um, of course, nowadays with uh, the way Netflix and all these streaming services do it, you've got to wait a year. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you do. You yeah, have two, ten episodes, yes. and then it's a year. Yep. Yeah, it's so like I'll Cobra Kai. Is, yeah, it's like, <laughs> and with Cobra Kai too, it's it's hilarious because like a month has passed, and yet all the all the kids look like a year older because yeah. it's been a year. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, mm-hmm. they'll hit their growth spurts, I guess. But, <laughs> Yeah, things are really not on a consistent schedule in terms of how they're produced nowadays. Mm-mm. Although I do think most shows don't really do a season cliffhanger anymore. It's more every episode is a cliffhanger, and then you get the kind of wrapping yeah. finale. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the the consequence of doing the overarching storyline, where every 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 show continues with that serial format. So that yeah, you mm-hmm. get the, you get done with the ten episodes, eight episodes, whatever they are. You've told the whole story for that season. There is no cliffhanger. Yeah. I think it'd be a um fun uh now since we're kind of done discussing that episode to roll into a like a retrospective on the season. Season 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just a just an overall view of that um it was so the cool to, uh, best of times you know, it was the worst of times. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Had some really you know, I, awesome episodes and some eh. Yeah, you know, I, I will say though that season two was not as bad as season one. I mean, you look back at season one, and some of the bad episodes were bad. <laughs> well, overall, yeah. it was just much better, right? They, yeah, they kind of hit their stride and 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 did it much better than the first season. Not as many ups and downs. Yeah, a lot more cohesive, and it's nice to see the universe being built out, mm-hmm. and also. I like how they're advancing what's going on. It's not staying static. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same so time, they cool still manage to do callbacks to the movie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you, you still have those threads. It's not like they've spun off in a completely new direction. So mm-hmm. they just keep building and weaving in all of the original stuff and moving forward. Just. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We cover a lot of ground in this season. We learn that the ancients built the stargates. We learn about the Asgard. We, you know, there's a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. We also had a lot of opportunities where SG one oof goofed, did something yes. bad. We got to fix it, you know. Not just mm-hmm. we're fighting the Gould, but 
yeah. <laughs> screwed up something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's it's nice to see that and it's nice to see that the gold are like you get more in like insight into how they operate and their mm-hmm. psychology and also that they can be defeated, but that they're not gonna just go away after the first mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Like I like that they set that up, but it also doesn't become just like a laser focus on just the gold. Right. Yep. And we met so. the Asgard for real to see their how powerful they were. But yet it didn't yep. you know, they, they kept them from being able to just wipe out the gold right then. Like all of it. Yeah. So it's definitely. kind of like out there in the future. And we and they, oh, and they do, they pay it off really nicely. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that they were thinking that far ahead. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you, with a show, you're not going to know if you're going to get renewed. But I assume at this point they knew they'd probably at least get one more season. So it's nice to see. I, th- I think the original, I think there was things out. Yeah, I think there were a number of seasons that were part of the contract with Showtime. And that's why it lasted as long as it did on there. Oh, nice. I think there were four seasons on Showtime, right? Five. Yeah, five. five yeah. I thought it was a half and half. Five on Showtime, five on sci-fi. Nice. Is there a change in like the production quality and how the show is done when it moves from Showtime to sci-fi? I would say not. The biggest change in production quality is when they fire up Atlantis at the same time and they're kind of split between producing both. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Awesome. It'd be fun to uh, go around and do our uh, favorite episode from the season and our uh, least favorite episode. Uh, <laughs> do you want to go first, Father? Oh, I suppose so. You know, I, I think I, I will say my favorite episode just because of how fun it is. It was 1969. I mean, just just from the sheer fun factor. It's such a groovy, I think, is the word yes. to describe it. <laughs> Had to throw that quote in there. Um, (laughs) you know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy that one very much. Uh, fifth race, you know, talk about the Asgard, you know, where you get, you know, first of all, the whole issue with Jack and and trying to figure out how to, how to get that stuff out of his brain. And then, you know, find out it get to really meet the Asgard for the first time, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, that's, uh, you know, that, that, that's such a big plot development for the series. I mean, that's for the, the, the main overarching plot of the series. That's, that's one of the key points. And then a matter of time, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 yeah. the black hole episode, I always, always enjoy that one, you know, and, and even with all the science stuff that we, we ranted about, it's still a fun episode, still a good episode. Now for disliked <laughs> need also oh, known really? as the Daniel Jackson gets addicted episode. <laughs> I oh, yeah. didn't like it because uh, as I, I think I said, when we talked about it is it felt way too much of the special of the week. Kids are bad. Drugs are bad for kids. Okay. Type <laughs> episode, you know? So I, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I know I obviously by their reaction, they disagree. So I'll be interested to hear. But, um, <laughs> it got worse. <laughs> yeah. Much worse. Well, yeah. I, I didn't go for like the worst. Of the worst. I tried not to go for the worst of the worst. Oh, okay. I did pick one, but I tried not to. Uh, the next one I picked was the gamekeeper only because it was such a, such a, a waste mm-hmm. of Dwight Schultz. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for that fact. I mean, it wasn't a great episode to begin with, but the fact that they threw Dwight Schultz in that one, yeah, I mean, that, really, that made my that made both my lists the best and the worst. It was like the best because of the guest star, but the worst because of everything else. Yeah, and then of yeah. course the last one, one false step. Yeah, yep. yeah, no, mm. just because. So, if anyone I'll turn the floor, remember, they can go back and listen to our episode on that one. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, they can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Victor's favorite episode, yes. So, 
What about you, Lisa? Okay, I'm going to try to st- not repeat Father Corey. So he just took no, out that's fine. those from me being able to repeat them. Because otherwise I would say the same three as my favorites. But I think everyone, I think those are really popular. Um, believe it or not, the most, uh, the episode in season two with the highest ratings, Nielsen ratings, was Holiday. Hmm. Which is not Tristan, one of my favorites. Tristan. I don't hate it, but, you know. Um, I would say if I don't list those three, um, In the Line of Duty. I really do appreciate mm, yep. because it set us up for the Tokra. You had um, a main character who was uh, taken over by a ghoul. It, it gave you that, oh, no, what's going to happen? Because we already saw what happened to Kowalski. So I think it gave us a nice payoff and a nice uh, way to keep building towards the future. So I like that. Um, one of my kids actually said one of their favorites was Need. So... I'm not agreeing, but I just thought that was interesting. Uh oh, yeah. now your kids aren't going to like me anymore. <laughs> it was Daniel. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I, you know, I can't say those three. I would say um, I'm going to say something about out of time, out of mind that we didn't say earlier. And that when I I didn't watch the first two seasons originally, I started it in season three. And when I went mm. back and watched Out of Mind, I caught it on syndication. That's where I found it first. Mm. Um, I looked at it and I thought. There's some shipping going on that I had never noticed. That was the first episode I ever questioned <laughs> Sam Jackson. <laughs> and so, you know, um, you know, the, the, the scene where he catches a peek and then in the hallway when he grabs her and they they stay there all like cuddled in the hallway for an extra minute. And you're like, huh, it's a little weird. And I remember going back and watching the earlier episodes going, did I miss this or is this new? And I feel like season three is where they kind of. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was an accident or what, but season three, they went, see how this goes. Let's play this out a little bit further before we see full on <laughs> ship references in four. So those are, those are my favorites. I'll say um, for those reasons. Worst, man, you know, I'm going to have to say, I was going to say spirits, but I liked it better this time around. So I got to mm-hmm. go with one false step. Sorry. I just, I got to. It's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even the plot necessarily it's the screaming man unitard wearing men i, I just yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> what about you victor um yeah my, a lot of overlap um my initial top three list um you know matter of time has to be on there because i think that's one of my top three favorite episodes of the show like not mm-hmm. just this season. So that's on there. Six, 1969, of course, would be something, you know, I would just just watch. And the third one I had in my top three, which was, um, you know, kind of a, a sleeper or, or dark horse. There was Prisoners, mm-hmm. which, you know, it, really good world building, a really neat twist to that. Um, so I think that that's kind of an underrated episode, but definitely one that I could watch again just because of the you know unique world of this prison that that they created. And then if I had to to choose two more, um, Thor's Chariot, I suppose, would, would be up in there mm-hmm. um, just because of the, you know, it's really cool when the Asgard ship appears. And then uh, Tok'ra Part 2, and it would be entirely uh, for Jacob and Selmak's little dialogue that they have when they're getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. I thought that yep. was very sweet and poignant. And, um, you know, I think that that made the uh, the episode for me. And it sets up a really great uh, character in, in, in uh, Jacob there. Um, so... Those would be my top episodes and then bottom three episodes, not to 
not to, you know, take one false step again, but um, <laughs> it's it's at the top of the list. Uh, Bane is on there because oh, yeah. of the squirt gun girl. Uh, just uh, and then um, <laughs> no, what's her? What's her? Alex or something? Or yeah, no, it's the same actress that played. Oh, is it really? Yeah, later. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, well, um, and then and then holiday because and I think it's no coincidence that those two episodes are basically set in Colorado Springs or you know Vancouver and holiday was just pointless. It's <laughs> just like, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't watch that one again. Um, Everyone but, will feast on me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah. So I think those would be you know. There's a lot of like like spirits I would put like right in the middle. There's a, there's a lot that's good there mm-hmm. and a lot that's not. And um you know the rest just kind of fall around there. Um the one with uh uh you know need I I didn't mind so much. I think you know they could have cut off the last 15 minutes of that and it would have been a better episode. Um but then the other one uh you know where where uh, serpent song. I thought that one had some some good stuff in it as well where uh you know Paphos is is uh you know really sick and dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um coming in at the end it's kinda hard not to just <laughs> echo what y'all have said, but um <laughs> I would definitely say that a matter of time is uh probably my favorite one of the season. Mm-hmm. And the one I would dislike would say would be the worst would be Bane, just because it was just not enjoyable. Like I feel like even one false step was bad, but it was almost entertaining yeah because it was so bad so at least had that going for it um one i really liked was show and tell Mm -hmm. because i thought i liked the world that it sets up i liked that you get these aliens who are not aligned with either faction and also that they are not humanoid i like the creativity there unfortunately that does not get built out at all so that's kind of kind of sad there but i i liked that episode a lot i also liked um uh, the Tokra two-parter that was fun yeah. to see. I like them building out the, those characters, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a, uh, I feel like overall, this is a, a pretty good season. Like even the duds are not horrible. No. Mm-hmm. So like we don't get any, uh, emancipation this season, which is nice. It's much more, it's much more balanced mm-hmm. as a, as a yep. season, you know? Mm-hmm. Though I will say I did, I read a review online about season two. <laughs> I'm going to quote the guy, even though I didn't write down where I got the quote from. Season two of Stargate SG-1 is among the worst seasons in the show's history. And I thought, really? Hmm. What? I mean, maybe well, that's their way of saying it just gets better from here. But I was so surprised mm-hmm. at that. And that's why everybody needs to give us a five-star review on Rhapsody uh, <laughs> Podcast Addict. What are, what, are the, what are the kids listening to these days? They need to give us five-star five reviews on all those Apple. because... We need to fight this misinformation, and the only way we can fight this misinformation that is circulating on the internet <laughs> is if people give us a five star review. Tell your friends, get them into the podcast. Uh, we we got we got beanies, we got uh, sweatshirts. We're all wearing them right now. <laughs> yeah, we got we got uh, Apophis's tears mugs that you can drink your coffee out of, and <laughs> I want one of those now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the brainstorming merch podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say, uh, you really uh played up how bad one false step was gonna be for me, Victor, and I feel like 
don't know. I was, I was hoping for worse. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, was it a letdown that it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be? Yeah. <laughs> I I was too. I think it was one of those things that's, that's a lot more traumatic in your mind. And then when like a trained professional kind of walks you through it, you realize that maybe it wasn't so bad and that you've, you know, developed skills later in your life for coping with it. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said. Yeah. I know, I'm glad I missed that episode. Yeah. I mean, I still like fall on the floor and curl up in a fetal position if somebody walks up to me in a white spandex unitard, but I, I think I'll always do that. I don't even want to know how many times that happens to you because apparently this happens a number more than zero. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All the time in Target and and uh, and Kroger. I don't well, know. That's Walmart. Yeah, I was gonna say that's Walmart. Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why I don't go to Walmart, Walmart anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited to see uh see where the show goes, and yep. I'm wondering though because I've not watched beyond what we've what we've talked about. Is there a drop off in quality later on in the series? Are we going to get like a uh, season seven of nine. TNG type situation? Season nine. Yeah, season nine, season season eight. You could tell they're kind of winding it down, and there's but some like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. we get we get demons next next mm-hmm. season. Oh, nice. We got some good ones. Yeah. Ergo. Yeah, Ergo is good. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think. Well, I think we got stuff to look forward to. It's a strong. I think season three is a strong season. It. Okay, if you had to say your favorite season, would we all say the same thing? No. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to sit down and look at the episodes. Yeah. My favorite so far is season two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean out of one and two, yeah. two right? <laughs> of the episodes we covered, I, I like season two best. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go with like the even numbered Trek movie thing and say seasons two, four, six. <laughs> Until lesser, a lesser extent, eight, ten, and not really ten, which is kind of your Star Trek nemesis, you know, season. But yeah, four is definitely like uh, you know, Voyage Home quality yeah. season. Not quite up to you know, Wrath of Khan in season two, but um, season six with Jonas Quinn is definitely uh, mm-hmm. your. What's uh, not Undiscovered Country, which was uh, which was number six. Um, Undiscovered Country. Yeah, it was okay. Are you are you thinking of episode five? First uh, movie five. No, I was thinking of actually the sixth movie with, with season six. God. Yeah, I love I love the Jonas Quinn episodes. And oh, okay. It introduces okay, us to yeah, introduces we us get, to Felger. To fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and we get we get some good Felger episodes and stuff. Oh, yeah. so. Nice. Those are good. <laughs> I know. I feel like the middle, so like four, five, six, is is really kind of the strength of the show. That's where they hit their stride mm-hmm. and just really, really did well. So. It's it's exciting. I I can't believe we've already finished two seasons. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm excited yep. we uh get to get to jump into the into this two parter next time and see what happens. Uh, do y'all have uh, <laughs> any other thoughts on on this nope. episode and this uh, season? No, I think, I think we covered it. Yeah, onward onward <laughs> to season yeah. three and Let's and go. ergo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Travis S., Joel K., Lars S., Don H., and Cindy M. 
Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. You can also visit the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the third season of SG-1, starting with Into the Fire. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And tell Mac Cree, Meg tell Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I'm Jack Berizzini. And remember, you should really do something about that breath. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?